So in Acts chapter 1, verse 6 through 11, you see the writer, the gospel writer Luke, linking the gospel of Luke to Acts, since he's the writer of both books. And he wants us to know that the spirit that led Jesus, the spirit that led Christ and his kingdom, that allowed Christ himself to walk the walk that he needed to do, to spread the good news to all, that this same spirit is the same spirit that Jesus calls down in fullness to his people. And that this task of building his kingdom has moved on from Christ himself to all the believers that would come to know him himself. We need to remind ourselves and to know what our task here is on earth. Our task here on earth is to press God's kingdom into every area of life, every area of society that is before us. The purpose of God's kingdom is not so that we ourselves can live our lives according to our own desires. In other words, Jesus did not come to serve our kingdom. And neither does he give us God, his spirit, to simply soothe our souls. But God's kingdom is greater and bigger than all of that. And we see that here in Acts chapter 1, verse 6 through 11. The people were asking, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? And Jesus says, cryptically, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. And so those people were expecting what many of us would like. God, your kingdom come now. God, take away the, the suffering now. God, take away today, today, drudgery of life now. Let your kingdom come now. Let your reign be evident to all. But instead, God promises what? You will receive power from on high, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. These are the marching orders that Jesus gives to his disciples, and the disciples have given to us that our main purpose and reason of living here is once again to press God's kingdom, to know that we have the power of the Holy Spirit, that we are here to be his witnesses to the ends of the earth. Two quick points, and then we'll talk a little bit about where this fits into our church. First is this. God has equipped you to be witnesses. God has already equipped you to be witnesses. Oftentimes we say to ourselves, how can I share the word of God with anybody? I don't know what to do. I don't have the, the gifts of, of speech. I don't know the Bible all that well. Or my life is not 
in that place yet where I can share the word of God. I'm wrestling with too many things in my life right now. But in verse 8, Luke says very clearly that Jesus related to him, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes to you. That when you became a believer in, in, in Christ himself, when the Holy Spirit came upon you and dwelled in you, the Holy Spirit gave you power to be his witnesses. The Holy Spirit didn't come to simply say, all right, I've given you the ability now to study how to become my witnesses. The Holy Spirit didn't come to simply say, all right, you are saved now. Go and study X, Y, and Z to learn about how to do evangelism to all the people, how to be missions-oriented in, 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 in your life. But God says to them, you have received power. The Holy Spirit has given you power to be witnesses to the ends of the earth. I want us to really just think about that. And it's, it's not as if like we, we don't know who Jesus is. It is not as if we have to learn more about our Christian faith. All of these people in the New Testament, whether it's Paul, whether it's Peter, whether it's Cornelius, whether it's these people who just came to know the Lord, when they receive the good news, their reflex by the power of the Spirit was to go tell the good news. And the power of the Holy Spirit compels us to do so. God is gracious to us. And that his love, when it comes into our lives, compels us to love other people. So what happens? Why do we get stuck? Why do we get stuck at sharing the good news with people? Why do we get stuck in telling people that Jesus is the good news, that Jesus is, is the life? Scripture talks about many impediments to this. Many impediments to why we can't share the gospel with others. In the gospel of Matthew, Jesus tells us about the fact that the worries of this world prevents us from sharing with other people. That the duties that we have, responsibilities that we put on ourselves, prevent us from telling other people. And the danger of that is that the danger is not simply that we can't be witnesses. The danger is our very salvation itself. Jesus invites all of us to his banquet table and there are those who say, I can't come. I just got married. I can't come. I just bought a new house. I can't come. But God relates to us and he says to us, he speaks to us and says, all of you, in the midst of the worries of the world, I know already 
your anxiety. I already know the difficulties. But in the midst of that, go. Share the good news with people. Not because your life is free from worry. Not because your life is free from sin. Not because your life is free from responsibility. Share because I'm with you in the midst of all of those things. The greatest witness of God and his power is not that he frees you from the worries of this world or frees you from the, the, uh, uh, the, the, the fallenness of this world, but that he's simply in the midst of that fallenness with us. And that's what we share, and that's what we relate with one another. When you're a student and you worry intensely, immensely about your studies, immensely about your future, you're able to share with other students, even though I'm worrying, Jesus is here in the midst of us. And Jesus is my hope. When you're looking to get married, when you have your first child, when you're going to the next stage of your life and, and, and the anxieties and the worries sort of just pile up, God wants you to know that in the midst of that, he's there. And therefore, you can share the good news with other people. Listen, you and I, we're going through the same thing. God is still here. And it enables us to go and tell other people that the Holy Spirit dwells in us, that the power of God is rich and real in the midst of all of us. Don't listen to the voice of the evil one who tells you that your life must reach a certain point in order for you to be my witnesses. But instead, rejoice in the God who is always present in the midst of any worries or any new points in your life. That's the power that the Spirit has in us. Don't let that be pushed down. Number two, that we, we reason I think that we don't share enough is because we're just afraid. We're afraid of how people will respond to us. We're afraid that people will not like us. We're afraid that it will hinder our, our future in one way or another. Let me encourage you that when you know Jesus, you need to know that Jesus' love and presence in your life is more powerful, more steady, more steadfast than anything this world can offer. Oftentimes you need to learn this by experience, but we're hoping that it doesn't take you too long to learn. We're hoping and praying that you don't have too much success and that you have to learn later in life. But that you will learn by the brokenness of this world that God and God's thoughts of you and love for you 
is all that counts. And it's all that matters. There is a joy, a real pure joy in a church when we see people come to know Jesus in earnest. There is a pure and a real joy when we see people wrestle with the goodness of the gospel and come to know him. And we share in that joy together. But in order to have that joy, you need to know that there will be suffering for that good news as well. But God has given us power to live through that. God has given us comfort to do so. There's nothing that can separate you from the love of God and there's nothing, nothing that can separate the fellowship that is in here through the Spirit. But if we as God's people are not using or implementing what God wants us to do by the Spirit that He's given us, His power to go forth and make witnesses, that we will truncate and weaken the fellowship that is here. You have power from on high. You can go anytime and just simply share what Jesus has done in your life. And people will hear the good news. But second of all, we are to be witnesses, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. Now what Jesus is saying here is that you will be my witnesses from where you are and building outwards in concentric circles all the way out to the known world. And so it's not like we are witnesses here and then witnesses there. Or witness here in the middle and a witness there, somewhere, somewhere in between here and over there. But we're supposed to be witnesses from here to all of the known world. And so the gospel that Jesus has is for all peoples. And our duty, even as a, as, as a church, when I look around here, is our duty is to share the gospel with all the people that, come in, that we come into contact with. Now, I know there's cultural aspects of this. And we know that there are sort of personal aspects of this. There are some people we feel more comfortable talking with than others. There's more people that we are more comfortable sharing the gospel with than others. But Jesus never put sort of categories for us to do that. The power of the gospel allows us to share the goodness of Jesus with anyone and everyone. And I would even challenge you to say that those who you're most uncomfortable sharing the gospel with are, those, those are the people that God wants you to share the gospel with. Because those are the people where you really have to pray hard <laughs> to share that gospel with. But the breadth to which the gospel is supposed to go to is supposed to go to all people. Now how does this relate to us as CCPC? Where are we as a church? 
Why do we do missions and what is our witness supposed to be? And what is each one of your roles as individuals and our role as a community together? First, as individuals, I implore all of you to share the gospel with anyone and everyone. And I implore you to be comfortable in bringing anyone and everyone to this fellowship. And I implore you, when you see people come into this church, to welcome anyone and everyone into this fellowship. Although we are a church that has started with, with a, with, at a Korean church and have gone to Asian American and, and more multicultural, multi-ethnic now, we always have to be cognizant to build a culture or a place where gospel is central and where everyone knows and everyone feels everyone knows and feels comfortable in knowing that it is Jesus and what he's doing in us that is paramount above all things. And that takes each and every one of us to fight hard and to fight well for one another to learn how to die to ourselves in order to be hospitable to, to other people around us. When Jesus tells us to take us up his cross and follow him, the Christian life is about dying to self so that Christ can be seen. The whole idea of, of a Christian community is that we die to one another and let Christ be exalted that in a real Asian way we're, we're, we're fighting to see who can pay the check first. In a way we're fighting to see who could be more hospitable to the other first. We don't wait for people to be hospitable to us. We go out and be hospitable to other people. And so as individuals we need to, to, <coughs> to be comfortable and be challenged to go and share the gospel. And when we bring people into this fellowship, we've got, to, we've got to be comfortable and share with one another that it's okay, there are people different than us here, and welcome them. Encourage them that this can be their home as well for the gospel news. Well, I sort of overlap point one and point two. Point one is for you as individuals to go forth, share the gospel to others. Number two is for us as a community to learn to love others who are different than us and to challenge each one of you to die to self in order to love other people. And this is my hope. I do not know where God is going to take this church. I, I don't. All I know is we're called to love the people that God has put around us and see what God does with that. Number three, third point, is that, number three for CCPC, is that we have a calling um, to love our neighbors, to love our neighbors. And this is something that we need to pray through because this is something that we have yet to really accomplish at this point. <clears throat> but it's something that I want all of you to know that's on my heart, is that, the church should not only love people 
where, they, where the people live, where the people work, but also where they worship. Right? We worship here in Peachtree Corners. God willing, we will, God will provide a, another venue for us to be more semi-permanent where we, can, where we can worship. But the question has to be is, how do we love the people in our neighborhood? How do we love people in Peachtree Corners? What can we do to get involved in the community? What can we do to show people the love of Christ and to be witnesses to all? And this is where I need your, we need each other in prayers, and we need each other as we continue to brainstorm, as we continue to just, continue to just love people, that God would open up means where we can love the people in our neighborhood. Fifthly and lastly, is that we as a church seek to do world missions or global missions. Now many of you know that we're going to Peru next week. Many of you know that the missionaries that we are there to support and to um, um, throw a retreat for, that they are all of, from the majority culture. They are Caucasian. They are, almost all of them have been born and raised here in, in, uh, in the outskirts of Atlanta, Georgia. And some people have wondered, why aren't we supporting more sort of Asian Americans or more ethnic um, missionaries at this point. Um, we support the Hastings family uh, who are working in um, um, Clarkston. And again, two people who are Caucasian but have done missions and, and are working with uh, people in Clarkston. And again, the question is a good question is, you know, you go to other churches that have more multi-ethnic makeup of people and they support people who, who are like them because they need resources. But why are we doing this? The reason why we are doing this is because we desire as a church to be involved in the global conversation of missions and ethnicity. Missions and diversity. And so when we go to support these people, we are confronted very quickly as a church with what it means to be ethnically diverse, working with people from majority culture, to go serve people who are Peruvian or go serve people who are refugees. The questions that we sort of just talk about on our own in sort of in-house conversations becomes a global conversation. That conversation is how does Jesus fit how does Jesus fit? Here we are mostly, we're an Asian American church struggling to, to understand what to be, become a multi-ethnic church, perhaps. Here we are working with people who are from a majority white culture who love Jesus. Serving people who are from a different country as well. And each of us have our different ways of looking at Jesus and serving Jesus and sharing the gospel. And what happens is all three groups are uncomfortable in a good way. And what do we have to do? We have to fight to fight, find Christ in the midst of this. We learn from the white majority culture. We help the white majority culture to understand a little bit more of contextualization, learn a little bit more of what it means to be not part of the dominant culture and, and, and grow up with Jesus. But we work together to have that one voice to share Christ with others. 
And what does that do for you guys and us? Have you ever felt that our church, like being part of growing up in an Asian church, that you're only involved in a very small conversation? And that conversation was simply within the Korean church itself or the Asian church you belong to. That that's, that's it. There was no conversation about how does Jesus fit in the locality I live in? How does Jesus fit with my other brothers and sisters from different ethnicities? And what happens often is those churches sort of just become very insular. What we're trying to do is, I want you to know, is that you have a place. Our church has a place, which means every one of you have a place in the global conversation of what it means to share Jesus in this world. That you are, we are partnering with people in our denomination, in the PCA, through their missions organization, MTW, and you are hearing about what they're doing globally in all parts of the world. And you're hearing those leaders of the world tell us, we need you. We need you to be part of this conversation to reach the people in this world. Because right now, this world still sees Christianity as a white religion. But if you go, if we send a team from our denomination as a mixture of Asians and blacks and whites and Hispanics and, and every ethnicity that, that, that is part of us and we go to different parts of the world and share the gospel, what type of witness could that give? And so we're going to the ends of the earth by showing that this global world now that's so interconnected that Jesus loves all peoples. Just to relate very quickly, I have a, um, uh, a friend from Singapore. He just passed his ordination exams. He's on, passed his ordination exams. He's from Singapore. He's a, um, his dream is to go back to Singapore and not build a church build a new denomination like wow I just want to do a church <laughs> he wants to do a denomination he says in Singapore there's no good there's not many good churches it's a lot of prosperity gospel stuff and so he's trying to network and I'm trying to help him myself to get connected with MTW to, to go to um, our denomination to help him and we were talking and I was you know, saying, well, what, what do you need? What do you need? And he said very frankly, he said, we need the witness of the gospel that's more than simply white and more than simply Asian. We need people to see in Singapore that the gospel is for all peoples. That's something broader than simply a cultural thing that you do. And so uh, he said half joking, not, not half joking, but he said to me, let's see if if I could bring some of you guys to Singapore with me. I was like, I'm, I'll, I'll be there. Anyone else want to go to Singapore? <laughs> All those people. And, uh, and I, said, I said to him, are you joking? And he goes, no. It's like, you know, after a couple of years when I'm established there, he says, I've already talked to the church there about my vision, what we want to do. And she said, Young, I would love to have you and a team to go. I was like, it's, it's expensive. I go, he goes, well, God will provide. I go, okay, see. <laughs> But even so, to know that 
there are places in this world that we, as God's people, can go and to help, to be part of the global conversation. I'm saying this to you as, as a small church because even as a small church, we can make an, an incredible impact in this world. I was struck by the CCEF conference that we, I just came back from. CCEF has only 30 full-time faculty. And out of those 30 full-time faculty, only half are, are there for, for, as professional counseling. But they, their impact is what? They have a, a, global, a, a national conference of about 1,500 people every year. Imagine that. They train people every year to go out and do counseling. Just 30 people doing all of that. And that's why like, when people say, who can I go to counseling? I go to say CCF. They're always short of, of counselors. We as a church, no matter what size God brings us to, if we're faithful to the Lord, we can make this global impact. But here's a beautiful thing. And this is the last point about how missions influences our, how, how, what our role is in missions, is that if we do these little steps, all these steps really well, we do our global missions really well. And we wrestle with Jesus and, and contextuality and Jesus and our culture and Jesus and how do we love all these people because not, not many of you here work with just Asian people. How do we do all of that? That as we reach out and do this globally, it impacts us here as a church locally, does it not? Because when you're out there globally and you see that Jesus works and these white people that I work with, they do know Jesus. These Hispanic people I work with, they do know Jesus. And when we come back here, there's this confidence to know that the power of the gospel that we see here in Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 1, is that same power that lives here today. And our witness grows. And what God has called us to do grows. This is what we need to do as a church. We need to see Jesus. We need to do what the Holy Spirit wanted to do in the early church. And that's empower us to be witnesses to all people, to the ends of the earth. This is my challenge to all of us. This is my challenge to CCPC. This is my challenge for, for us to be open to all people, to be hospitable to all. That when we go on missions, that we do not go to places where we feel comfortable but go to places where we'll be uncomfortable. That when we return here, we can see that the only comfort that matters is the presence of Christ himself. So let's pray. Let's dream. 
Let's welcome everyone and anyone who comes here. Let's be confident that when we bring other people here, that they will be welcomed. And let's let the power of the Spirit be the one that convicts and brings the one who brings people to God himself. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time together. We thank you that your Holy Spirit is that which builds the church, Lord God. And we ask of you, Lord, to help us, Lord, to be a part of this global mission that you have. That mission starts right here in our lives, and it goes out to the ends of the earth. And so wherever we are as CCPC, wherever our members are, whether they're at, the, at, a, at, a, at a counseling conference, whether it's where we're at work, whether it's been here at Peachtree Corners, Atlanta, or in Peru, or wherever we may be, Lord God, just grow all of the members here in such a way that we could have a witness that impacts, Lord, all the people that you have brought into our lives. We thank you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.